Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. Support for the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze comes from Big Y, world-class markets serving New England families since 1936, with more than 30 locations throughout Connecticut. Big Y is proud to support WNPR. Faith here with a welcome toast. If you like to eat, drink, and be merry, you're in the right place. Toadie Field said, I've been on a diet for two weeks, and all I've lost is two weeks. Explore the richness of life with us, and feel free to consume this podcast in one bite, two bites, or oops, I ate the whole thing. I'm excited about this announcement. I've decided to lead a food and wine lovers trip to Italy the week of September 19th. And if you'd like to get on our information list to get a taste of the remarkable experiences we're going to have, I'm about to give you an email contact. The Piemonte region of Italy is spectacular to see. It's a part of Italy where they're still making the real thing when it comes to food and wine. Italians themselves travel there from other regions in the country to eat and explore the villages, architecture, museums, the vistas, the coastline, as we will. We've teamed up with a family from the Piemonte region, Connecticut business owners who created the Carlos Pasta Line. And because they know Piemonte so intimately, and I love it too, I have asked them to curate this trip with me. Wineries are going to host us. Our hotel will have a spa. There will be music and meals, including truffles and handcrafted pastas to swoon over, plus unforgettable scenery. All I can tell you is that our trips are the most fun, and the chefs and wineries know we're going to be reporting afterward on our experiences with them, so they knock themselves out for us. If you'd like to come with me and the Squatrito family, and now WNPR CPTV President and CEO Jerry Franklin for a week-long food and wine tour through the Piemonte region of Italy starting this September 19th. Please add your name to our information update list at this address, jmore at cpbn.org. We'll tell you all about what we're planning as it unfolds, and if you forget that address, you can always find it posted on our site at foodschmooze.org. I hope you'll come with me. This show is an encore presentation of the Faith Middleton Fuchmoos. Hope you enjoy this second helping. Faith Middleton, it's great to have you joining the party on the Food Schmooze here on WNPR in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including the east end of Long Island. My food buddies are here. Senior contributor Christopher Prosperi of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, where he is chef and owner. We have our regular contributor Alex Province of Hartford. 
our regular contributor, Anthony Desario, who is a Connecticut bartender. Tell your friends, no matter where they live, they can listen to the Food Schmooze from anywhere in the world, as many people do at foodschmooze.org. Glory Mack, the producer, is with us on the show. Very quickly, wanted to let you know that I've been going light on pasta for several months. It's a calorie thing. It has to be really good for me to try it. So my friend Rose Criello says, let's go to dinner. I want to take you to dinner. And, and she said, be my guest at Lorcio. This is on State Street in New Haven, an Italian restaurant. So I said, sure, you know, I'll try some ravioli. Maybe I have a half order of ravioli. And, <laughs> a half and uh, But I'm really going to have the grilled salmon. And first out comes the, the ravioli. And I, put, I just said, I'll just have a bite of one of these ravioli and call it a day. And this was the chef's ravioli homemade filled with pesto so pesto on the inside not the outside nestled in this light red sauce i swooned i almost (laughs) fell in my chair it was so good so rose (laughs) is concentrating (laughs) on her ravioli filled with chickpeas chechi so we were crazed the two of us and i look over i look at rose and she said we just ate 12 ravioli. Nice. We ate 12 ravioli. It was so good. <laughs> this is so worth a car trip. Okay, the salmon <laughs> entree was very, very well done. It's delicious. And we tried a dessert that unexpectedly, we, neither one of us was really that interested in it. It was the chef's dessert crepe, and it was filled wow, yeah. with mascarpone cheese and a slick of fresh blueberry sauce. Oh, wow. Its edges were cooked until they were very crispy so that the edges shattered in your mouth and had that burned, buttery kind of feel to them when you chewed them. Mm -hmm. It was one of the best desserts I have had in the longest time. Say more, say more. Yeah, cheers to him because where did the crepe go? Oh, I I did skip right over it. I thought, no, I don't want that. And of course, that's the one. It was Mm -hmm. unbelievable. And their outdoor garden is open right now. So that's Lorcio. It looks like it's spelled or it's pronounced Lorcio, L-O-R-C. CIO State Street in New Haven. Wanted to let you know that our colleagues at WGBY, the public television station in uh, Springfield, is having its asparagus festival in Hadley at the Town Common. Free admission, and there's all kinds of things to eat and drink. It is a huge asparagus place, it turns (laughs) out, Hadley, Mass. I think it might be one of the biggest in the world, I'm told. It's amazing to me. And their asparagus is Unbelievable. We're going to our cocktails now, but I've got to tell you this quickly. If you are going to Cape Cod, I've got a new eating destination for you. It's called Pan d'Avignon in Hyannis, of all places. P-A-I-N, like bread, d'Avignon. It's been a large industrial bakery. It's supplying the Cape's best restaurants, first-class bread. Oh, my goodness, is their bread something. And somebody on their staff said, let's turn this big building into a restaurant, cafe, and boulangerie. And so they do French Mediterranean food of all kinds, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The bread and pastries are so excellent. The meal's very, very good. You can do small bites, entrees, lunch, just have bread, dessert, whatever you want to do. So if you're going to the Cape, this is a stop you're going to want to make. Pan d'Avignon. It's on our website right now at foodschmooze.org. And when you leave, they hand you a loaf of bread in a paper bag. They gave me a chocolate chunk almond bread. How far did that last? (laughs) That didn't make the Connecticut. In the door. (laughs) It was dessert at at home. It was so crazy. We were flying there to get us vacuum the crumbs out of the (laughs) seat of the car. Can can you walk from the airport? We're going to give you the whole thing at foodschmooze.org. Yeah, I'm trying to get Alex to fly us out there. Just to get his croissant to come back. All right, here's what happened. I can't wait to get to this cocktail segment. 
it. I was fooling around with everybody here on the show, and I said, why can't somebody make up a frozen, dark, and stormy? And so we were knocking ideas around. And so Anthony Desario, our bartender, goes off in his direction. And so I came up with the frozen, dark, and stormy, and Anthony came up with his drink, which, what are you calling it? I really don't even know how to name this one. It's just a combination of every classic rum drink and uh, well, some, a few classic cocktails going all but, the way back to the 1800s. But it, it's a, a ginger beer pina colada. And it's also uh, technically a fizz as well. Ramos fizz, you mean? Yeah, it's a Ramos gin fizz. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Version so, of a pina colada meets a dark and stormy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. So, and, and you can make this, I mean, it does have things like orange flower water, but you can now get that around. Yeah, you can get it or you can actually eliminate it. The orange flower water really goes well with the original recipe yeah. with the gin where we turned it around and used rum instead. So, so tell eliminating me, tell that. me about your recipe, which you did. We were talking about modifying the, the dark and stormy and, you know, the main components a citrus, a ginger beer, and a rum. We usually is a dark rum, Barbados rum, or Bermuda rum, I should say, so, or, or whatever your favorite dark rum is. What'd you mix um, together? I took a uh, Connecticut-owned rum company uh, called Real McCoy. We used their five-year rum. Very good. And we also added some fresh lime juice. We did a little simple syrup. That's just sugar and water. Just sugar and water. A lot of people are apprehensive. Uh, I used egg whites because that's in the original drink, and that's makes very it frothy, makes right? it frothy, gives it a nice silky texture. You don't have to, uh, but if you're worried about it, I just bought a carton of pasteurized egg whites. Okay. And Sweet. I just put about a quarter ounce of the egg white in there, some uh, heavy cream, and I dry shook that all together to get everything now, to emulsify. what he means by that? I put it in a shaker. No ice. No ice. And just shake it till it gets you know nice and frothy. You know that you've mixed everything together. Then you add your ice to the shaker, and you make uh, Faith's favorite sound here. <laughs> shake, Where we shake, just shake, shake it up. Yeah, shake it up again. Yeah. How about a stormy cool fizz? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Cool fizz. That's it. A right cool there. fizz. So, and then now we're going to strain that out into a chilled cocktail glass, no ice, and we topped it off with chilled ginger beer, and that added a very nice pour it in slow, yep. because it adds a very, very nice thick, foamy head to it. Yeah. It's a creamy consistency. The ginger, the lime, the rum, yeah. and, and the the main secret ingredient that we did do instead of uh, using ice cubes is Faith had froze pineapple, uh-huh. and we used uh, about what was it, about a, a quarter cup. Yes, quarter cup. We did a quarter cup of Faith's frozen pineapple as ice cubes instead (laughs) to chill everything down. So was it more like a thud 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 thud? It it really was. It really thumped around a little. But we did add. Then we just did add a little extra. Can we also say the recipe for this is on the website foodschmooze.org. Anthony, thank you so much. And here comes the frozen dark and stormy, which would normally which would normally be rum. Lime juice and ginger beer. Ginger beer over ice. Done. Just a modified mule. Yeah. So I was thinking, how can we freeze this up? And so Anthony helped me with proportions. And then we tasted, tasted until we all said a little this, a little that. And so what we've got in that drink is dark rum, your favorite brand. Uh, some lime juice. I uh, cut up a fresh pineapple and then froze it in the freezer, all those chunks, and put some frozen pineapple chunks in. And I put that all in the blender. So the rum, the lime juice, and the frozen pineapple served as my ice cubes. And then threw in a few more extra ice cubes just to give it a little extra juice so that it's not too boozy. Just blended it. 
and then filled the cocktail glass about two-thirds of the way up and then topped it off on the top with a sparkling ginger beer. Mm. And then you just pull the drink right through the ginger beer. And it's yeah. a combination yeah, of a ginger one. and pineapple. Yeah. And oh, and then it used a little chunk of pineapple on the edge of the glass. The ginger yeah. comes yeah, it's, first. It's, and it's yeah, frozen. It's, if you can make a frozen yeah. margarita, you can make this. Those, I like adding the soda at the end, too. Yeah. That just, no, right? It's no. a nice, like, digestif. It's yeah. a palate cleanser. That is an all-day drink in the yeah. summer. I mean, yeah. I could definitely Refreshing. start with those. Good, good. Oh, yeah. So also on the website right now, foodschmooze.org, the frozen, dark, and stormy. Do you do, I use frozen fruit. Remember, Alex, last summer we were, Alex and I were texting back and forth because I think you started it and said, I'm having a, a watermelon martini. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you had put, did, did you put the watermelon in the freezer? Because I make a margarita with frozen watermelon. I just remember so, they were so good. And then I, I was <laughs> looking at that note and I thought, oh, I have to do that right now. <laughs> and so I got a watermelon, cut it all up, and threw it, bags of it in the freezer so that it's always ready. Yep. That's right. We're Those always are good ice cubes. When too, we right? have, oh, yeah, um, just, yeah, that's yeah, how I was yeah. using them. Yeah. When you go away for the weekend, if we have fruit that's sitting on the counter, Matt will always put it in a Ziploc bag and we put them in the freezer so you open up a freezer and there's like strawberries blueberries watermelon everything's in ziploc bags ready Mm, to go and then we'll throw that into the blender yeah it's great to keep around because you know you have fresh fruit all year round and so you can use that for any type of a cocktail or you know if you're gonna make some type of a sauce or it there's so many ways to preserve fruit and, and keep them and use them all year round like i'll definitely freeze blood oranges because oh, me I, too. I love blood orange, have, and we only have a very small window. When for is the season for that? I just ended. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I have, I have some for you because okay. I bought a ton of them and squeezed. I have containers if anybody oh, wants nice. it. Oh, yeah. I have containers at my house. Are you of, freezing them? They're frozen, oh, yes. Perfect. Wow. And, and then in Ziploc bags, too. Did you do ice cube trays? No, I did small ramekins so that I can just take a hot spoon uh-huh. and scoop just do one scoop and add it to if I'm making a vodka martini uh, or yeah, whatever yeah, I'm yeah. making or Pop pan right sauce. Yeah, and Chris, I liked your idea of taking a chunk of fruit, putting, say, a strawberry in the ice cube tray. You certainly can just freeze the strawberry itself, but it's also possible to put that strawberry in water in the ice cube tray, and then when it's in your drink, it's beautiful looking. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great, it's a great way to just present in a cocktail, right? If you want to, just a wow factor. And then when the ice melts, you can eat the strawberry. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun (laughs) to do things like that. Like around the holiday time, I'll usually take pomegranate and mint. Sure. And I'll put those in the ice cubes, and it gives it like a little mistletoe kind of look. I mean, I know we we don't want to. I know we just came out of that season. We don't want to think about that right (laughs) now. It's a great idea. What a good idea! Or like blueberries in your sangria ice cubes and things like that. And these are easy to do. They don't take a lot of time, and the wow factor is huge. Yeah, right. Yeah, when when people get that and they look in the glass, it's like wow. And really, how long did it take to scoop the pomegranate and put a couple pieces of mint in the tray, fill it with water, and throw it in the fridge, or blueberries and a little lemon zest, or something like that? The little things that will come out in the cocktail as you drink it as it sits as well. Anthony, do you remember when Prasad Chernumala, the chef and owner of Tali, the the very high-end Indian restaurant in New Haven, entered the cocktail competition, which is coming up on June 23rd at the gorgeous Mashantucket Pequot Museum. We'll tell you about it later in the show. It is so amazing, and and we will all be there. And Anthony's going to give a special award for the the best craft, craft cocktail. cocktail. So there'll it's be the champion cool. of yep. the food schmooze gold, and then there'll be a bronze and silver, yep. and then um, there will be the winning craft yes. cocktail. Yep. At a previous competition, Prasad yep. made a cocktail 
using those spherical balls about yep. the size of a pool table ball. Yeah, yeah. And he oh, froze right. orchids yeah, I in the that. center yes. of each and one. what an effect. And had it's, dry ice coming yeah. off the table with these yeah. orchids and the f- floating in this thing. It, it was, was so gorgeous. Yeah. I not even yeah. it's, it's great for presentation and it's great for making a good yeah. drink too because sometimes you just want to keep your drink cold and you don't want it to get watered down that fast yeah. Yeah. so a lot of those those larger cubes will do that for you or oh. you, and a lot of people flavor them too adding bitters to them oh good idea and then the bitters will slowly sleep, seep out into the drink <gasps> oh, or, I've never thought of that or, or it's a race or, against time or, or I think maybe bitter. next week Faith <laughs> and I should do something like maybe with like a little bourbon and Aperol frozen ice cubes and Ooh. something like that because with the low alcohol content that should be you able can to freeze, freeze too yeah. you can freeze anything with a lower alcohol content you can freeze wine yeah. sure I've tried that and it just and doesn't taste so Great. I, I thought I was on to something, and I just couldn't get it to taste the way it tastes. Did you freeze it with a stick in it? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alex, Alex, makes, Alex, Alex makes lollipops. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you so much. Where do you see what we have coming up on this show? I'm Faith Middleton. I hope you'll make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. More mouth-watering conversation and fun here on The Food Schmooze. We'll be right back. I hope that first bite of the Fuchmos felt like a hot biscuit with butter coming your way. Feel free to tell your food-loving friends worldwide they can enjoy the show and our online site at foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. We have a free podcast for you, meaning you'll never miss a drop of pleasure. Just sign up for it once at our site, and we'll automatically send you our show every week so you can listen on your schedule. Also, discover our delicious curated food, wine, and cocktail recommendations. We love talking with you, so we hope you'll stop by the site often and say hi to us. We're always online at foodschmooze.org. Thanks to our talented crew, senior contributor Chris Brasberry of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, our regular contributor Alex Province of Hartford, Eugene Amatruda, Marion Roy, and our resident bartender on the show, Anthony Desario, is here. Thanks also to senior producer Lori Mack and producer Jonathan McNichol. And thank you, first and foremost, for listening, I should say. Here we go. As promised, we had David Guas on the line to talk with us about his book, Grill Nation. He might be familiar to you if you watch the Travel Channel show, It's called American Grilled, and David is often a judge, and you've probably seen him on the Today Show and various other places. 
So this Grill Nation book, we found a few things in here that we liked. And in fact, we made one just now. Chris, these tequila burgers, we just did this. This is grilled chicken tequila burgers. My new favorite chicken burger. Yeah, really? So good. Yeah. So let's talk about what's in here. Ground chicken. Yeah, so simple. So ground chicken breast, fresh chopped cilantro, garlic cloves, jalapeno pepper that is seeded and chopped. You had a little pickled jalapeno around and used that. Some panko crumbs. That's a Japanese breadcrumb that's very light. Just a couple tablespoons of tequila. That's the ingredient. It's the ingredient. Lime zest, salt and pepper, soy sauce, some sliced bell pepper, some sliced onions. And then you just whip together this cilantro lime mayonnaise, which is... Regular prepared mayonnaise, a little cilantro, some fresh chopped chives, lime zest, and lime juice. Can't be easier than that. All that stuff comes together. You make a burger and then put it either on your gas grill or your charcoal Mm -hmm. grill or under the broiler in your oven or in a cast iron skillet, whatever you want to do. Wouldn't we all say this was oh, terrific? Yeah. Outstanding, yeah. Bold and, flavor. And the right? sauce. We really love the sauce on this. The tequila was in a shot glass on the side. <laughs> Mine no, was. No. Unfortunately. No, is that no. what the recipe called for? No. <laughs> that's how I read it. But David Guas, is it the tequila that's acting as a tenderizer for the meat? Uh, yeah, it helps. It helps to tenderize it, exactly. And the soy sauce would be the same, wouldn't it? It does, yeah, you're right. I mean, basically those two ingredients right there will help to sort of break down things. That's why oftentimes you don't want to over-marinate with alcohols and, and, and stronger, especially the Asian ingredients. They tend to really start to manipulate things and tenderize when it can it can go the opposite direction if you let it sit too long. So, But, uh, yeah, in this particular one, it is, just like y'all were talking about, super easy and, and very flavorful and uh a wonderful uh, way to start grilling season. You tell us to put the the chicken, cilantro, garlic, jalapeno pepper in the food processor and just to pulse it three or four times because you want to overcombine it. But could you mix it up by hand too? Sure, you can if you're you know, skilled. Nice That's what we did. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> you, uh, you know, again, you know, you write a book and you want everybody to pick it up and be able to start right away and not worry about the first procedure saying, you know, small dice or perfect brumois or something like that. And I was like, what is that? Mean? What is There's a gorgonzola grilled pear crostini. And, of course, if you're grilling bread for me, I'm happy camper just to start with. And then we've got this salty, creamy gorgonzola on top that's with these crisp, fruit-like pears. And you get this beautiful texture here. So Bartlett pears in wedges. There's a little cream cheese in this thing, a little dry sherry. That's the uh, stealth ingredient. There's right. butter in here, which is beautiful. We noticed the theme here already, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we noticed. Yep. And, and pecans, salted roasted pecans are in here with a touch of rosemary and a little bit of honey. Yeah. Oh. I'm a big fan of pecans. You know, I, I love them for, for certain things. They tend to be really strong. So I think that, uh, you know, pecans offer that nice, real nutty, kind of woody flavor and robust and earthy without being overly strong like uh, walnuts can be. Hey, David, you know something I'm noticing that as people start declaring themselves experts of this, that, and the other thing, <laughs> we are getting more and more intimidated about using a simple grill. And I just want to remove that, don't you? I I do. I mean, I think that this book really does that. A male, female, gas uh, grill versus charcoal. I mean, to each his own. And, you know, obviously I have a preference, but being up in D.C., I'm I'm very... uh, 
right down the middle here, so bipartisan, and I, I try to just, you know, reflect, if you do have a gas grill, what, what you need to remember about them, and then charcoal the same way, and, you know, even if you have a little cast iron French grill and you're trying to do some of these recipes inside, it's obviously not going to be the exact same as far as the flavor, but uh, definitely 100% transferable indoors, as long as your hood system works properly above your range. <laughs> you don't want to smoke it out, so yeah. Okay, so uh, there's a charred guacamole with grilled mm-hmm. corn, and this is my first experience with grilling avocados. So what happens to them? Well, I mean, obviously you want to act the opposite of uh, normally shopping for avocados where you're, you know, you want to eat them right away. So you're sort of making sure you, you're picking through the big pile of Haas or whatever type of avocados you're looking for. So this one, you actually want something maybe a little on the firmer side, you know, something that maybe a day or two before you're ready, and uh, that'll sort of help protect it up against the grill a little bit. So you cut Um, them in half and then the the cut side down, right? That's exactly right. And, um, you know, good spatula, obviously, you don't want to jam a pair of tongs and try to lift it up out of there. Treat it almost like a a delicate piece of fish in this sense, you know. They're going to be firm, but kind of like grilling any fruit, mangoes, and things like that. You just got to be careful with it. But it really, really, because of the uh, natural fat, that's in there and just the texture of the avocado it just absorbs the grill flavor almost immediately it's awesome it's a good way to use your unripe avocados who are less ripe avocados i always have them sitting on the counter and you can't wait to use them sure this is a great like i can't wait to make guacamole another day for them to ripen and you just have them you can put them on the grill and it works fine here's another one this is a pineapple jalapeno burger Mm -hmm. and uh, this is interesting you combine ground sirloin and ground chuck that's right. Equal parts, exactly. Uh, and you're going to grill those pineapple slices. Can you oh, yeah, use the canned believe. ones or do you want the fresh ones? Oh, come on now. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you would like the fresh ones, but at the same time, they work fine. The, the issue sometimes that you find with the can is uh, it's a textural thing. You know, it's all going to mm-hmm. uh, feel like the same texture. Fresh sliced pineapple, you're going to have multiple textures when you bite into it. Uh, and then the release of the actual uh, juice is a, is a little different from a fresh um, pineapple. But at the same time, they do work interchangeably. Well, Chris, I'm just going to say the words to Chris because I know <laughs> later on we're going to be doing more burgers on this yeah. show. But Gorgonzola yeah. stuffed hamburger, Chris. I'm just oh, saying yeah. the words oh, yeah. to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, there's also a pineapple grilled pork tenderloin. Many of us on the show here were saying, David Guas, that we like grilled pineapple so much, and we can tell you do too. It's in a lot of your recipes. Yes. Well, let me tell you, uh, one very personal story, which we did not mention in this particular recipe, uh, but my dad was born and grew up in, in Havana, Cuba, and uh, he has a very vivid memory of growing up in, in Cuba and being on the beach. And his father, uh, they used to cut a pineapple, leave the fronds on, but they would peel it down a little bit, not entirely, but they would throw it in the ocean, and it would float. <gasps> And then, you know, after 15, 20 minutes or, or a half hour or so, they'd pull that pineapple out of the uh, ocean salt water and they would slice it up. And, you know, for me, the Cuban, my dad, one of his favorite go-to proteins was always pork tenderloin. So even though oh we mentioned, God. you know, the Hawaiian inspiration, um, this has a multiple um, place for me. So, Are you, um, wait a, a minute. Lot of sweet yeah, salt. Oh, wait a you minute. Hold on. Hold, hold your horses. Are you, I, just, I just gave you a little preview. Brian Pineapple. Oh, I've got to tell you, are you telling me, in essence, he was brining a pineapple? The, these well, two sure. are going to the tie pineapples is. behind their boats. Use them as a pickup uh, buoy. Now we know where to find them. With booze, but, uh, but here it was an infusion of the natural salt water, so ocean water. 
Wow, and then he would grill that. That's right. Or, yeah, grill it or just eat it right there, right off, uh, right off the beach. Eat it raw. Oh. oh, yeah, of course. The South, we salt our watermelon. We salt oh, me too. Oh, yep. that is fabulous. Oh, so Great there's story. a grilled flank wow. steak with guacamole sauce. So mm. flank steak and a little bit of dried chipotle powder. You can get that in many supermarkets now or online. Some fresh garlic and flour tortillas. So you're cooking the flank steak on the grill. Mm-hmm. And then cutting it into strips. And this guacamole sauce, tell me about that. You've got the ripe avocados, the jalapeno pepper, of course, yep. some little green bit, uh, onion in addition. That's right, yep. What, uh, what's the fat-free sour cream doing in here? What, what? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> it's a typo. You know, we, we, again, we wanted to create a balanced book. We wanted people to kind of recognize, obviously, <laughs> you don't have to use light sour cream, but it's the opposite. People often look at a recipe and see sour cream, and they go, huh, I wonder if I can use the low fat. So we actually reversed it and okay. said you can use low fat so yeah it's obvious that you can go the other direction you can unless you're sugar sensitive okay so (laughs) limes lime zest lime juice salt a pinch of sugar and some fresh garlic to make that guacamole sauce and you serve Mm -hmm. that on the side with tortillas and you grill your tortillas when you serve them like that yeah just to kind of break the chill off of them and soften them up a little bit you want to see them on the grill for a couple seconds exactly by the way david guas is host of the travel channel's american grilled he's a frequent judge on that show you've seen him probably grilling on the today show too his book is called grill nation 200 surefire recipes tips and techniques to grill like a pro and by that we mean these are not hard recipes and so the idea is for everybody to stop being scared just it's grilling you might make a few mistakes in the beginning so what just keep at it. You, maybe you overcook the hamburgers or the piece of fish. The next time you do it a little bit less, don't be afraid. Okay, grilled steaks balsamico, balsamic vinaigrette, fig preserves, chuck eye steaks, beef chuck eye, salt and pepper, and a garlic and herb spreadable cheese. Now, what surprised me here, besides the cheese, was I thought this is a great combination, these fig preserves and that balsamic vinaigrette. Mm-hmm. Why the cut of chuck eye steaks? You know, it was just well, we wanted to show that a lot of different cuts can be used. And so, yes, we could have used another type of cut. But a lot of people look at this and, and think that a chuck eye can be kind of tough. And, and in this case, it really, it really is not. And so I think we're just trying to break down those misconceptions about different cuts of meat. And can I make a pitch here for this next recipe we're going to talk about? Because <laughs> Please. this is a pitch for the kind of fish that you chose. I ordered catfish once because a friend from Mississippi was having a birthday, and this was for her. Catfish is so delicious. It's nuts that we don't have this more here. So please, anybody. Agreed. Tr- yeah, Trish, oh, yeah. try it. Can you find it? Well, yeah. sure. If you go to and your fish market and say, can too. you get me yeah. catfish? You know, go to a fish yeah. market. They can get it in a second. It was not, not wildly expensive. expensive. I had mine because my friend was from Mississippi. I had it shipped in from Mississippi with real hush puppies from Mississippi. Oh, it was unbelievable. Oh, wow. <laughs> of course, there it is. Okay, so um, blackened grilled catfish. Fish fillets. How do you blacken them? What's your spice combo? We take a blend of you know paprika and salt and uh, garlic and some crushed pepper, uh, cayenne, also some dried spices like oregano and thyme. 
black pepper, and then a little bit of ancho for, for a little of that smokiness. And you can use ancho chili pepper or you can use like a smoked paprika if you'd like. But I just really think that that gives that sort of nice smoky edge to it. It mm. uh, really enhances the grill. And then, yeah, the catfish fillets and uh, a little olive oil. It's a very, you know, simple thing. And the beautiful thing about this is you make a batch of that and you can go on a lot of different things. It's not uh, subject to catfish only, obviously. But anytime you do a dry rub on, on fish or in, any other type of proteins, it just really can help not only, obviously, give it an exterior flavor, but especially for a fish that tends to be, that can be a little softer and mild. Like bluefish um, is great. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Bluefish would be perfect, but you can, you know, you can use it to do other proteins, but it also helps to really create a crust, uh, which is great. Mm. On the grill or cast iron, doesn't matter, but uh, here in this case, we actually threw it on the grill, so. We love on the show, I do in my life, do this a lot, grilled baby romaine, where you take the outer leaves off, and so you've got a smaller head underneath, and you grill this right on the grill. So you, you light your grill, you cut lemons, or lemons in your recipe and mm-hmm. you grill those so that they get a beautiful mark these are half lemons then you right. squeeze the juice because that heat caramelizes and smokes up that lemon That's right exactly right and then to that juice you'd add some mustard and shallots and honey and salt and pepper mm-hmm. and set that aside and then pull those old hard leaves off the outside of the head of romaine lettuce and trim the bottom a little bit. It's nice and rinsed, of course. Cut them in half lengthwise, drizzle them with olive oil, and then on the grill grate they go, and you just grill them till they're nice and charred. And then you put that dressing you made all over everything with some some Parmigiano-Reggiano <laughs> shaved nice. on there. Oh, I love grilled greens. I, I just always have. Certain lettuces just really pick up that grill and that char, that smoke flavor. And Is there another me, one? Is there, what other one would you do? Frisee works great on the grill, uh, chars up nice. Um, heartier things, bok choy greens, things like that, any kind of those type of vegetables and greens. But um, romaine's a little tricky because it tends to be a lot of water in it, so you have to be careful. But, you know, we played around with this, and, and it worked the first couple times. So I continue to serve it at the house, and we love those nice, sharp flavors. And what happens with that lemon, like you were talking about, is you char those really, really well. And, you know, not only for this particular recipe, but it translates in a lot of different things. Grilled citrus works great. It's just serving a, a grilled piece on the side of a piece of fish. I'm uh, you cocktails. can also Absolutely. <laughs> you can squeeze them and you can put them, you oh, know, yeah. and make a nice lemon. My gears are turning here. It's like <laughs> a little bourbon and some, you know, fresh. Now you're talking. There's so many things you can do with it. And what happens is not only does it pick up all that flavor, but it also will loosen up that rind and really create a, a better yield of juice for you. It softens it up. You're great. I, I I really like talking with you. Um, let's move into dessert as we as yeah. we come to the end we of our conversation. There, by the way, I <laughs> know, especially because what I'm about to describe is a bourbon chocolate pudding with salted caramel cream. Now that is a beautiful thing. Tell me about oh, this. Yeah. How do you make the pudding? It's an old-school stovetop pudding. It doesn't get any more basic than that. When you start looking at that back at some older recipes from the South, you'll see sometimes tapioca starch. You'll see sometimes cornstarch. You'll see sometimes flour for puddings. This particular one, we use a little cornstarch and thicken it, you know, good quality uh, chocolate. And it's stovetop, so you've got your milk on the stove. You, you bring it up to a quick simmer, and you whisk it into some egg yolks and sweeten it with a little bit of sugar and thicken it with cornstarch. You put it back on the stove, and it takes all of a few seconds to kind of heat it back up and thicken it nicely. Then you pull it back off the stove. You add your butter, you add your chocolate, and you call it a day. I mean, oh, wait a minute, darling. You <laughs> didn't say, something. what are you talking about? You, you, the bourbon. You're missing yeah, you the bourbon. Well, I hear chocolate. I mean, you know, 
So that bro- was in my glass, but yeah, you can so, put it, uh, you know, in this particular recipe as yeah, well. Yes, you can. So vanilla extract goes in, and so this uh-huh. has got both whole milk, and it has uh, an unsweetened Dutch processed cocoa powder plus uh, some chunks of bittersweet chocolate, both together. And I get that. That's right. That's, that's an interesting little mm. profile. Okay, so easy to make that. Serve it in a glass with a little mm-hmm. bit of cream, caramel cream. He tells you how to make that with some heavy cream, some regular sugar, a touch of salt. We love that. Mm-hmm. And some sugar. And so it's a caramel whipped cream that you've got there. And that goes on the top. There are other desserts in the book, too. Thank you so much, David Guas, for being on the Food Schmooze. It's well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And you guys got a studio full, and uh, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. It was a lot of fun to talk food and talk Real Nation. Okay. Uh, and the book, information about the book and David on our website, and also that uh, pineapple uh, grilled uh, tequila uh, chicken burger is on our website there too, foodschmooze.org. Please support your local food growers and food makers. You can find everything we talk about on that website. More delicious conversation after a quick break. Please stay with us. have one more mouth-watering bite of the Fuchmoos coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on. More Fuchmoos. If I don't love you, baby Grits ain't grocery, eggs ain't poultry And Mona Lisa was a man And run off through the jungle fighting lines with the switch because you know I love you, baby. I'm Faith Middleton with the gang. This is the Fuchmoos Party coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including the east end of Long Island. You can tweet us at FaithWNPR. Join the conversation with us on Facebook. Search The Faith Middleton Show. The whole gang is here. We have special guests this time. But first, I want to tell you about... Oh, you know, what we're calling the hottest scene in Connecticut. I think it is a party of the year. And there are corporations that are going out and buying blocks of our uh, martini competition tickets to say thank you to their employees and to their clients. We appreciate that so much. I hope more of you will do this. Of course, this benefits WNPR and the Food Schmooze. But here's the event that you're invited to. Statewide bartenders shake up these innovative martinis and you vote. 
vote after tasting at all the stations for the Fuchmoos Martini Champion. There are designated driver discounts. We want you to drink responsibly. And there are great top chefs providing food. The DJ is so hot, so fabulous, really sizzling music. Mm-hmm. It sells up. People dance. They pool for uh, car service. All the inns and hotels are sold out. The stations these bartenders create are so, so Amazing. These are individual events in themselves. It is Thursday, June 23rd, 6 p.m. at the Mashantucket Pequot Museum near Foxwoods. Thanks to Power Station events, you know, we're, we have special lighting and oh, table design, and it's really amazing. Start your summer sampling awe-inspiring creative cocktails and food. You vote for the official martini of the Fujmoos. Tickets at ctmartini.org. That should be easy to remember, CT martini.org and we did apply officially filled out that application to the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest martini competition so we'll see what happens with that we have not heard back from them yet but we expect to and in the meantime we are excited about this event we will all be there and we cannot wait to see you all right here's what we're doing now Alex Province, as you might know, and Matthew Bennett, uh, his spouse, they just sent me a photo of their meal on their sailboat, which is called Jack Tar. And that meal, first of all, the boat looks amazing, but that meal looks so, so good, Alex. So we <laughs> decided, really, what, what did you make? Did you? So we had corn, and, and we soak our corn in, in salt water. We had um, you know, lots of roasted veggies, like zucchini that we coat with mayonnaise and salt and pepper. And just red peppers with olive oil. We did uh, a couple of ribeyes that we marinated with Ina Garden's coffee grounds and mm-hmm. you know spices and just sort of actually quite healthy with lots of veggies. Great, good for you. And so we decided to find out. Oh, baked potatoes. <laughs> With bacon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for Seriously? And sour cream and butter. <laughs> we decided to find out how boating chefs in general make the food they do. And it seems that boating people love food. I don't know what it is. And they make it in these small spaces. They have these great meals with their friends, especially in Connecticut. This is a very, very big thing. So I'd like you to meet Michelle Carney of Granby, Connecticut, and Curtis Dennison of Hartford. Welcome to the Fujimoose Party, both of you. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you so much for inviting us. It's a pleasure. So what's the scene at the dock? I mean, what is it like? Is that where most of the cooking happens, right at dockside when you're tied up? Absolutely, it does. It's a great camaraderie. People get together. They don't even have to plan with one another. They just bring. So it's the ultimate potluck of gourmet dining. I think that's what we have to say. We can whip up meals that are gourmet, and we don't have to seek the restaurants. How are you doing that in this little small? It's an ounce of preparation for sure. (laughs) So ahead of time, you've, you're thinking ahead the way that chefs have exactly. to think ahead. So you're, it's you're, a preparation. But once you get the fresh ingredients, which are abundant in Connecticut from the farmers and the markets, we have Bishop's Orchards right next to us. So if we want to go get a fresh pineapple, a fresh <laughs> avocado, a, uh, you know, a peach that we want to grill or we want to get certain spices, we may stop on our way in from Hartford and go to Penzies and get spices. But it's having a few of 
significantly tasteful ingredients. And the farmer stands, in most cases, right. create great inspiration for, for a meal. And, and you're planning ahead what your meals are going to be? Yes. Or do you ever do it on the fly? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Most oh. of the time. Yes. Most of the time. Except, I said to you, each of you, send me a couple of your recipes that seem to be hits with, with your friends and family. And what do I get? I get... Bolognese, which I thought, <laughs> what? So, so, and I got making fresh ricotta, which yes. you do that at home, I, I suppose. No. no, actually, I do that right on board. You do? Yeah, okay. it's really quite, it's a one pot, it's a one pot cheese, Thank so it's very these, simple. I know. Thank you for these recipes. We've got them on the website right now, foodschmooze.org. And, and so that was from you. And then from Michelle, you and, and Pat, your husband, um, gave me a recipe for cucumber mango rice, which sounds so delicious. It's because the end thing in, in that recipe is the coconut water. And everyone is all about, you know, the healthy. So rehydration. Rehydration. <laughs> so you just keep one of those containers, the plastic, you know, yeah. cartons. And it's of so delicious. It's, it goes with rice. I mean, it goes with chicken. It goes Use with that a beef. instead of water. Instead mm-hmm. of water. Oh, She's boiling cool. the rice in that coconut Correct. water. Correct. Then the rice gets cold, and you're throwing in at oh. the last minute chopped up mango, English cucumber, and Sprinkling on the top cashews. Oh, oh yeah. my God! It's it's, it's to die for. Hmm. That's not hard to do. It's, it's not your so traditional good. potato salad. Uh-huh. You're not coming with your. You know, and we whether you serve it with chicken or fish or lamb or whatever. I like potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. But every, you know, by the middle of the summer. I'm looking for something different. <laughs> I know. Well, that this is really fantastic. So, Alex, you can relate to this. Although mm. I think you do your cooking. Do you do most of your cooking docked or, we or cook moored? We down below in the galley. But are you moored when you're doing we it? We cook ours on the mooring. Mm. So we're floating and we have to contend with the wakes. <laughs> Boaters right. going by. So, Absolutely. you know, I'll call down, I see a wave. Matt, hold on to the pot. Right. <laughs> wow. We have a grill on the back of our That's boat. That's us too, yeah. So, and most people do. They'll travel with a grill. You set that grill up in less than five minutes. Yeah. And your Charcoal grill. Charcoal grill, right? Um, yeah. uh, we no, have a propane. They're propane. Yeah. We have propane. Really? Yeah. Is that what you have? Yeah. 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 Propane. You don't okay. really want charcoal on a boat. Yeah, you don't want those flames. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Well, we get plenty of flames. <laughs> That's a side story. <laughs> yeah, that's a different. Matt's always holding the towel to keep the wind from you know, oh, dissipating exactly. the heat. Oh, so. my God. We held that towel. Don't catch the town fire. And so, so you quickly can do, just like everyone just said, yeah. you may have made the side in the morning because you made your cabin uh, warm because you turned on your generator and you threw on the one pot to make the rice or you might have yeah. done your corn. But by the time the evening comes and you're just ready to throw the flank steak or the chicken or whatever on, you have gourmet sides to go with it. And you might throw on some zucchini to with the balsamic dressing on the grill as the vegetable. So you're combining a little last-minute cooking with preparation. With preparation. With preparation in mind. And do you, do you just sit around in chairs, or do you sit at a table on your boats? Well, yeah. we sit at the table we mostly. We sit at the table with linen napkins. Exactly. Yeah. We're very fussy. Yeah. Wow. Fresh flowers. Nice Candles dinner music. Well. Yeah. The music, the ambiance. Yeah. Good glass of wine. Good glass and of wine. And so people, do people say, hey, that looks good, and do you say, come on board and try some of this? Or, or is Sometimes. it pretty? Sometimes. Right. Sometimes. Sometimes we're selfish. <laughs> Sometimes we say, sorry, not enough. Yeah. But you can come anytime. No, no, thank you. I mean, what could you possibly say to me at this moment? <laughs> I think that 
people have and the people who are not boaters that you do your your invitations all summer they come on board and they're like but i don't know how you do it it's always like in awe how do you do it well the same way you do at home, I just don't occupy as much space. So I might yeah. have to turn and be more aware of, okay, let me cut up all of those ingredients. And it doesn't matter what you're making. You can make mm-hmm. the same things and and better um, because you are prepared and you... And what better place to cook than on the water? It, I mean, your view. It's gorgeous. Oh, Our only concern is uh, we love making uh, chicken curry. Oh, oh love and it. since you have no hood on a sailboat, right? <laughs> Stinky. So I was like, oh, the headliner, you know, the the ceiling of the boat, I always feel like is going to get covered with curry. <laughs> so you open up the hatches, and I get like a great wind blowing it straight out. And Matt's like, let's have chicken curry. Enough chicken curry. So this is like camping. Right? It's really? sort of in like some respects, it is. Yeah. In it's some respects, it is. And food tastes as good as it does when you're camping. It Absolutely. tastes better. Absolutely. Yeah. Something about being cold and outside, and food just tastes. And you can do it with maybe five appliances Mm -hmm. or pots where people say, well, I wouldn't have my double boiler or I wouldn't have this size frying pan. If you have a good pot, a good frying pan, a good grill, and a saucepan, I mean, whether he makes his bolognese and then he's sitting there putting his cheese through the cheesecloth, then we sit down, he's made the whatever pasta, and one of us has made a phenomenal salad. It's right. always about, well, what's going to just go with it? Mm-hmm. But it's still okay. an it's amazing... It's a lot of mixta or something, right? Yeah. 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 Or Absolutely. an antipasto of some yeah. nature. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I chose that recipe primarily because of the fact that, you know, we start our boating season in middle of April, right. and it continues right right through uh, Halloween. Yeah. So uh, at the uh, beginning well, as well as at the end, you yeah. really do want some of these heartier meals because it is cold out there. Yeah. And so you're on board, uh, you know, you're on board water that in some cases is 45, 50 degrees. Yeah. So it's nice to have a nice warm meal. So uh, chopped onion and carrot and garlic for your bolognese and sweet pork, uh, ground up, red pepper flakes, tomato paste, tomato sauce, olive oil, balsamic vinegar, grated pecorino romano, and half and half. So where are you keeping all these ingredients? You know, where, where are you storing? Oh, I keep the, them all on board. But in the refrigerator, I mean, the refrigerator is a little tiny thing. Right? Yeah, it, it's a smaller, below the counter refrigerator. You just stuff it in. You just, you just stuff, stuff it in. Stuff every it in. which way. Refrigerators actually work better the more is in them. So at the end of the day, they work beautifully when they're chock full of food. Wow. Finding stuff is the hard part, man. That's like, exactly. It's in there. Where is it? Take so you unload out. everything out onto the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your fresh ricotta, mm-hmm. Curtis, is whole milk, heavy cream, kosher salt. And white wine vinegar, or you could use lemon juice. Yeah, you just need the acid to, to get the cheese to uh, curdle. curdle. There's a, a strainer with a cheesecloth in it. Yeah. You pour the milk and the cream together and the salt into a pot. I like we, to use like a Le Creuset just so that it doesn't burn at the bottom. So boil it mm-hmm. and stir it and then add the vinegar to that or the lemon juice, stir it. Let it sit there for a few minutes. Yeah, take the, it off the heat so that it doesn't cook anymore. And the curds start to form, right? Exactly. And then you pour it into that strainer sieve, mm-hmm. and it drains for about a half an hour. And the longer it drains, the firmer the cheese, and you have fresh ricotta to go with your bolognese. And I it mean, just, seriously. It's, it's absolutely delicious. It's absolutely oh, Nothing creamy. better than a fresh, than a fresh ricotta. Oh, that is so true. Scooped oh my God! On top. Do you guys raft up with friends, like on an we anchor? And yeah, we have. absolutely. We it's have. always fun, and wow. everyone cooks something and yeah. figure out whose boat to eat it on exactly. or whatever. Pass oh. the wine. 
I'm sorry we couldn't have your whole gang. I understand there's a whole gang. To the gang, I say apologies. But you can see we are, we are now sharing microphones in this studio to make sure that we could talk with you both. Thank you so much for being on the Food Schmooze. And Thank for you for having us. Thank you for letting all this us taste us. and everything and being oh, a part of oh, today. It was, it was so fun to have you. It made it really fun for us. Michelle Carney of Granby, Connecticut, and Curtis Dennison of Hartford, And they and the gang will be docked this year, as always, at the Guilford Yacht Club. And when you smell something delicious in the air, (laughs) start looking around. It's probably these people. (laughs) Invite yourselves over. Please do. (laughs) Thank Thank you. The Food Schmooze on WNPR airs Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon, weekdays. Listen for my 60-second Food Schmoozes. Join the conversation with us online anytime. Thanks to the thousands of you who are visiting the website and having conversations with us. You've got food products, restaurants, value wines, easy cocktails that we feature, foodschmooze.org. Here's to pleasure, my friends, and remember, never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.